0: Tune in next week when our show will be in zero gravity. I, I think that's right. Anyway, message somebody at gmail.com for requests or hit us up on Facebook at the Somebody Likes It page. Boom.
1: What, you just pointed like... Welcome to two- 2017, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Mark just ambiguously pointed...
2: You're like in between me and Ryan. Yeah,
1: so... Well, it's
0: because uh, you're, you're slightly askew this evening. Yeah, A so little bit, yeah, i yes yeah, I'm, I'm dealing. It's like the... Like watch hands or
2: something. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, you are dealing with it. Yeah, you I didn't mean, like shut down and throw a temper
0: tantrum this time. When, when well, he's
2: got I some ports. So I think the ports. Awesome. I think the ports getting it. him through.
0: <laughs> that's true. Ryan yeah. was not pleased the first time that we moved him without telling him we were moving him. I think.
2: Him I think if you are going to say any, if there is a, a, a definition of an adult temper tantrum, that
1: was <laughs> <laughs> my point was that you know, like on the first day of class, and you pick that seat, that's your seat, and. uh <laughs> anyway, it, it got moved on me without, you know, uh, prior notice. And to, your,
0: to your credit, you seem to roll
1: with
2: it now. So yeah. I'm good down. on you. Well, he, and to his credit also, I think you were, what, like really sick or hung over or something? I was not feeling well that yeah. day. Okay. I can't yeah. remember <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, not and necessarily. And we should probably let Mark uh, tell everybody why why our seating is askew this evening.
3: Oh, we have a special guest this evening. Tell us about him. Um, the special guest is uh, Matty Wishnow. Uh, who actually happens to be my boss, and um, actually happens to uh, to kind of be the proprietor of this room that we're we're sitting in. So um, he's an extra special guest. Uh, and uh, Maddie, I'll let
4: you introduce yourself uh, a little bit about your back backstory. Sure, I'm I'm definitely not the proprietor. I'm the renter. There's someone else. Like someone else. Uh, I gotta write checks to. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, oh, my sure. name's Maddie. I've, I've been uh, living in Austin for almost six years now. I grew up in New York and I'm a super consumer of music. I've been collecting records since I was a teenager and spent a long period of my uh, adult life selling records. I, In the 90s, I started really what was like the first vinyl record store on the internet for, um, for indie rock. It was InSound? InSound.com, yeah. And uh, it was a labor of love uh, for many, many years. Um, and uh, got got uh, was very lucky got to listen to a tremendous amount of music and sort of um, b- be there as the sort of the vinyl renaissance um, started happening. And and also got to be in New York when New York went from being a pretty shitty music city to, um, you know, Brooklyn being the epicenter for a lot of great music.
2: That's fun. Yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's fun to go see music in.
4: Gentlemen. You want to get in some theme music? Let's do some theme music, and then after that, we'll
2: uh, let, we'll, we'll, we'll explore further. Yeah. yeah. All right. um, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it.
0: So the relentless celebrity bloodletting of 2016 is finally over. Good God! Yeah, like I, every time you turn around, it, it was, was carnage. Like, yeah, they were all taking year out people in the same families. You know. Anyway,
2: well, think about the fact that, like, how long have we been doing this show now? Like. And then last year it became like, like a two and a half years, something like that. Yeah, it became a reoccurring segment on the show. Basically, half of the or three quarters well, of the fucking year last and year. And if you yeah, remember, it
3: actually started the tail end of 2015 because we started getting into this whole concept of was it Ava? We, we, we were the cursing <laughs> these, yeah. uh, these right, celebrities yeah. because we would mention uh, somebody, and in, in that following week, they would they would. Yeah, die. I said Merle Haggard, and then like the next week he died like yeah. before the next show, yeah. and then and and Lemmy. Was was part of that as Winnie well, and, and then and David Go Bowie was kind of like the it just kicked off 2016. Prince was another one.
1: Yeah, so we somebody, brought up Prince, yeah. and it, it turns out it was Shane that brought up Prince. Yeah. Celebrity
0: um, death watch. It's but, your but fault.
3: I think we, we we started to catch on midway through 2016 that it didn't matter what we said that it was it was just, just going to keep happening. Well, I, yeah. keep the point dying. being is
0: like here we are at the uh, now in 2017, and fortunately we're we're part of a year where celebrities can safely live forever. So yeah. no no so, more death. Like, <laughs> that's it. I don't. So. I don't know that that's empirically true, but still, a one would, one can dream. A boy can dream. So um, usually, when uh, when we have a special guest, we ask that person to uh, we throw you in the deep end. We make the new person pick the pick the record. And so Maddie picked this week's record. And you want to share with us what you
4: selected? Sure, sure. I, I so I read um, I read the uh, a, a list of the records you guys had chosen previously, and so many of them I liked and. So I had to dig a little bit deeper, and I chose uh, a record by a band called Songs, Ohio. And the album was the last album they recorded under that name, and it's called Magnolia Electric Company.
1: Yeah, I'd seen that name around Songs, Ohio, and I think I'd heard when it uh, turns out Jason Molina, the basically the principal of that project. Yeah. Well, I get into their Wikipedia page, and it's like, Jason Molina was, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, I, I read
2: a piece on him last year. I wanted to listen to this band for a long time, but I never had. I read this like by this like crazy piece about like how he ended up. Like it just basically was a like, like not just a career retrospective, but also like I guess the guy that I can't re- totally remember now. But he he they like he knew him. Like he followed this band and, and went through like his crazy eventual alcoholism and eventual death because of it and all that stuff. But we can save that for I we'll don't we'll want to get into, it. into that too a little much bit. Of that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I just seen the name around and I recall something that I heard on NPR like 3 years ago when he died. And I was like, "Oh yeah, like I like heard of that
0: dude." Um, <laughs> the thing that struck me really funny about or odd about this, I guess, is that for a while I I thought about this on the drive up here, for a while uh secretly Canadian was my flying nun, which is a weird thing to say for people who aren't who don't know Necessarily does flying labels, on the New Zealand like label. I yeah, say, uh, yeah I
2: thought it was Australian, no but like yeah, I guess you're right. It's New Zealand.
0: But yeah, we we have talked before about um, swearing at motorists, who uh, is a completely great but also thoroughly ridiculous band from Dayton, Ohio, who duct tapes a flag up to the back of the. Uh, well, it's secretly Canadians. What uh, Bloomington, uh, uh, Indiana? Yeah, is that right. Yes. Yes. Still is. Yeah, but um, but anyway, I so it strikes me odd. That I was so into that label, and I missed really what, like, the Orbit was all around, which was this band.
4: It's true. I'm embarrassed to admit something very similar, which is every, you know, I was so lucky at InSound that records would just land on my desk. And I remember the first uh, songs, of Highest 7-Inch, I remember the first records, and I remember listening to them quickly. And I don't know if you guys remember a 90s indie rock band from Boston called Karate remember Karate? I remember Karate. That's so, not ringing a bell to me, but go, go ahead. Uh, I feel like I should remember them. That's a so idea. I listened to the record, and and it sounded exactly like uh, Will Oldham, or Pal- the the Palace um, Brothers, Palace Songs, um, mixed with Karate. And it, for me, it, I was like, this is just kind of boring. And so as and then for the first three records, I just ignored them, and then fourth, fifth, sixth records, and he, he eventually changed the names under which he recorded. And then um, I finally... Listened to it started listening to him right before he died So this is like a this is almost like a midlife Rediscovery of a band who was like right in my backyard and I just went through like a Jason Molina bender uh, Right uh, before he died.
2: Yeah, I think I had the exact same thing. I, I, I've just in the last few years um, It was always there like I always knew the name, but um, But there are a lot of friends of mine that I respect their musical and very much that love the shit out of this band myself I think it's pretty all right. It's pretty
1: good. It, it's, it, it it's, does answer the the musical query that I've always had, which is, uh, what would happen if uh, Neil Young fronted My Morning Jacket? Because oh. here you go.
2: Well, not, yeah. I mean, there's. I was like, it's like a it's like a bar band roots band with like a poet singer, but except the bar band is actually good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's a solid record. It also is like kind of the male uh, Lucinda Williams.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, better lyrics than the was uh, Yeah,
1: but kind of a languid pacing to languid it. Languid pacing
2: yeah. is good. Yeah, a lot of, lot of. There's a lot of, it's it's sort of like a, the, the record. I, I don't feel like it's meant to, to, with the music to really stir things up too much. You know, it's more of the lyrics. There's not a lot of melody. There's like a lot of lyrics. I mean, the songs are are awesome. Some of them are great. But what's the third song? Something simple. Keep it uh, simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. that song is. That, that's a standout. I really
1: like the one that the other guy sings. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. And so, <laughs> it's, it's so
2: th- for the first part of the record, um, okay, so yeah, Solid Band, I guarantee, not, you know, don't, didn't love this record, but liked it pretty much. Very much. Um, I think if I had seen him then live, I would have a totally different viewpoint. It seems like one of those bands that really would have killed it live and then I would have just been... Would have been one a of my fan favorite bands. Yeah. and then the first four songs are good are really good and then all of a sudden out of nowhere there's number five and number six the old black hen where the other dude sings and then peoria lunchbox blues were basically they hired yoko ono to sing like <laughs> i mean like what that's, the fuck that's were scout
4: niblet i don't know if you guys she's also I'm not, yeah i'm not yeah, familiar yeah, with scout her niblet backstory with, i also recorded uh if not for secretly canadian maybe for drag city one of the two labels, and was also the center English, but for whatever reason, was in in that Midwest indie rock folk scene, and she was a thing. There was I've heard the name before. Yeah. I
2: didn't know who it was. Well, I'm not running out to buy any of her records anytime soon. <laughs> I'll just say that.
0: Do you? Uh, let me ask you this because I don't know his entire canon. Yeah. But I mean, like, do you find is it curious to you that somebody who is so prolific put out songs that were in many cases so measured and spare, and obviously, like, that's not. That's not he. He varied his approach as he evolved as an act, yeah. but I don't know.
4: So, the, so before this album, the songs were even sparer. So before this album, it was a lot of, I mean, two chord songs. I mean, it, it was like a Will Oldham or Bonnie Prince Billy record, like taken down to the studs. This was really a coming out. I, you know, this was part of the attraction of this of this album. First of all, Steve Albini recorded it, so that that loose in The room sound you hear recorded is, it
1: is, is the way to say it because he won't allow himself to be called a be producer. Called a
4: producer? Yeah. I didn't right. know that until recently. No, he just, I mean, he, he just, He's an engineer, this is the sound, he oh, this engineer. is the sound of the room. And this was the first time that Jason Molina um, had his own band, he recorded with. Mostly himself. And then, um, since you mentioned Flying Nun Records and we talked about New Zealand and Australia, he recorded an album with, oh, they're not, actually Scottish. Arab Strap? Is that band Scottish? They are. They Arab are Scottish. Okay, so they're not, yeah. yeah. He recorded one album with Arab Strap as his backing band, but this was the first time he had a band. So it, this does sound different. And if you, so his previous records are much sparer than this. And then his future records got more lush because he started being, uh, he started experimenting with more. Like Americana sounds, and he found a little, like, very little bit of success there. But this was the Watershed album.
2: Well, dude, why don't we listen to one of these songs off this record? Yeah. Um, do you have one in mind that you I, might want to?
4: I'd want to start with the opener, which is called Farewell Transmission, which is, I think, about as um, appropriate of a, a title and opener for this album um, as I could have imagined. The whole place is dark.
5: Every light on this side of the town Suddenly it all
4: first track on the album it's called farewell transmission and uh five or so years later jason molina drank himself to death so this is this is it's hard to not read this as a suicide note but that this song if i first of all i think it's a beautiful song and i take the uh the neil young fronting my morning jacket as like a tremendous uh a compliment um, compliment <laughs> yeah yeah. They're, no,
2: I, I don't think he was. I don't think he was saying that in. My oh, I didn't. Take no, it. no. Oh. It
1: just that's that's immediately what hit me over the head when I listen to this thing.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I, I don't worry whether it sounds um, derivative or familiar any of that. Any of that, because for me, this song is uh, um, someone wrestling with about as simply and honestly their irrelevance uh, as anyone can do in music. I mean, I. I, lyrically um, it's om, it's almost as simple as the things that like Leonard Cohen would write you know when he says when Jason Molina says um, what does he say in that middle in that middle verse um, the real truth about it is no one gets it right and the real truth about it is we're all supposed to try like that that is the existential that who has like I can't think of a lyric that's that's better at getting to the core of the existential dilemma we're all gonna fuck up. We're not gonna get it right, and every single day we have to try. And there's something. pretty self
2: aware. It would yeah. seem. Yeah, the motherfucker yeah. could write lyrics, and there's no denying that. Yeah,
4: and that's, that's I just feel like this is like it's a heart it's a it's a heartbreaking sort of alternative country rock song. Um, that's that's incredibly poetic, especially knowing what would happen over the next five years of his life.
2: Yeah, that's some crazy ass tragedy. And like, I, the, his official cause of death was multiple organ failure. Due to alcoholism. Yeah, uh, due to alcoholism. That's just, but that's just a crazy like. I don't know. It's just a crazy thing to like hear, like multiple multiple organ failures, Just
4: thirty-seven years old, and think you know, he, he was thirty-nine actually. Was he thirty-nine? Yeah. Yeah. But and young, and still,
0: yeah, for sure. Young,
1: like way yeah. too young.
4: And you know, and he was from he was from the Midwest, and he lived in you know he he actually had a minute living down here in Austin. He recorded an album with Will Johnson. He, and and he, he lived in um, he lived in Ireland. He recorded an album with Glen Hansard. Yeah, um, they oh. recorded some songs together. Not even not a full album. Um, but ultimately, he spent most of his life in the Midwest. And I, you know, he, a lot of his songs, especially on this album, evoke sort of a working class spirit. But I, I read his biography, and he he went to Oberlin College. So he was like he was like not that he was upper middle class, but he went to this up fairly uppity liberal liberal arts college. And I just wonder what. You know, this kid who might have been a kid like someone I would have gone to college with, went on this trajectory where he had this like tortured genius that ended up, ended up the way it did.
2: I think you know, a lot of times that stuff starts with just ambition, and then you just it just takes you sort of like it's the cast of characters that you kind of take on, and then you become a character within that, and you become a character within your songs, and then you have this idea of what it's supposed to be like. I mean, how many countless. Countless people got hooked on heroin because they heard Keith Richards was a heroin addict. You know, and this it's there's there's but that. I suspect lifestyle. there's some truth to that, itself. yeah, yeah.
0: But you 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 actually kind of bring up a, an interesting uh, counterpoint here, which is that it, the point's been made that like for. For a record that is kind of associated with an artist who ended up drinking himself to death, it's not really a drinking record. It's not a,
4: like... Well, you're not going to no, be hoisting a pint. Here. No, there's a, there's a sober <laughs> record. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well, there's, I mean, there's a couple I, I so, there's this. a couple songs about him trying, about him really trying to be better. There's a song about, you know, there's a, I think it's the second song on the album where he's going back to his ex, his ex who has clearly strayed while he was gone. And he, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm back. I, I'm trying to live clean and i come back and uh you're not you're not the person that that i left. um no it's i think it's a very sober record for some and i mean, he might have been sober during the so recording of this record. This uh,
3: i'm i'm checking my timelines but i think this was about around the time when he first started going into programs to to try and, and battle what obviously his was, affliction was, his, his yeah. yeah
4: that's what this record feels like to me someone who is in the battle someone who's uh who's D- thinks they're not going to win, but but is trying about as hard as they can.
0: It's also interesting to me uh, going back quickly to secretly Canadian as to how he ended up on that record label in the first place, which was that essentially they heard um, a cassette of his debut single soul in early 1996. And I'm cribbing this from the from Secretly Canadians release after he passed away, and they said we approached him about releasing a single on our newly formed label. For some reason, he said yes. Mm-hmm. We drove from Indiana to New York to meet him in person, and he handed us what would become the first of many J Mo master tapes. So it sounds like even he always had a like a work ethic. He was always turning stuff out.
1: Dude is prolific, if nothing else. Yeah, uh, like constantly putting out releases, and I've, I've just discovered this, you know, in the last week researching this, but like. You know, may have had his demons, but didn't stop him from working.
2: which is why it was kind of great that he did that, and it's a shame that he didn't actually do a tour with Will Johnson, but I mean that that's the most prolific motherfucker I've ever met in my life. like is he uh is it Centromatic? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah,,
1: yeah, yeah, among various other mini projects. Under, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: South St Gabriel, Will Johnson, yeah. other yes. bridge he, names: That's his name. South well, St. Gabriel Will, Will Johnson. Well, South St. Gabriel Will Johnson,
4: yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny, I think, Shane, you mentioned um, the the path of the life being determined by like the cast of characters that he both surrounds himself with and decides to play. A lot of the... Um, uh, posthumous biographies on him talked about that basically that he was a compulsive liar that he would I saw that that yeah. he would just almost in like a Bob Dylan esque way like when you read more about Bob Dylan like Bob Dylan saw himself as just like a set of vaudeville characters I I don't I don't you know I have no reason to believe that Jason Molina um, thought about it in those terms but he there he definitely he definitely wanted to sort of craft a a version of himself well when uh, you say
1: liar um, you're not saying it like um like he was a dick. You're saying it more like he it was like a big put on. I'm guessing if,
4: I, somewhere in between. I think it's unclear. I mean, I think some people were like we. He was lying. He would lie about things randomly all some the time. Like Sometimes
2: he's, a, he's pathological, and some people are like he's a he's a storyteller. Right. He's a, he yeah. spins yarn. It's unclear. He's doing yep. some kind of Andy Kaufman esque. Well, uh, it, I mean, stunt. He doesn't um, have. To, I mean, it could be. It, it could very well be both of those things. I mean, it yeah. just I, you know it depends. A lot of times when you see people like fall down in and like whatever drug perpetuated situation that they're in like you know it, 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 they can start taking people on rides i mean I, you see a lot of liars in those
3: situations well, mm. and, and the the label claims that this is the final ab- album as songs ohio but he then would later claim that this was the first, the first album, album for magnolia electric Company, chicken right? and egg situation yeah, they, right. Yeah, right they they
1: promoted it as songs ohio but he actually thought it was a different but it's i mean it's Neither
4: here nor there Really it's still him It does It does not sound Like the songs Of higher records It sounds much more Like the Magnolia Electric Company records
1: So it says On the Wikipedia page That he was highly Influenced by Black Sabbath (laughs) I'm not really Getting that uh, On this record Uh, I mean You know Good on you, Black Sabbath Good stuff um, it was funny. Don't really hear it.
4: <laughs> the, the, some of the early records, uh, "Didn't It Rain" and "Lioness," I, I, are really stripped down. I mean, like I said, th- some of those are two, uh, the same two and a half chords for enti- like the entire album. And it, re- I, I could, I mean, I could, I could imagine describing it as like Will Oldham fronting Black Sabbath. I kept, I kept
2: thinking Will Oldham when I was listening to this. I was, I was thinking like, would it be amazing if somebody just went in there and like dropped in like. He was highly influenced by Carlos Santana, <laughs> like, right? The, right? Yeah, like, like, no, <laughs> I mean
1: it seems like somebody was like making a joke on the Buckwheat Zydeco. He was highly <laughs> influenced by Buckwheat Zydeco. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know. That Not
1: that's getting true. Uh Manny? You want to pick another song?
4: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. There's, I, I love every song on this album, and I think. I think maybe as a transition into the into the intermission, why don't we why don't we choose one of the songs that Jason Molina didn't do vocals on? Um, so why don't we maybe choose what "Old Black it? Hen," which is uh, the, that one. the vocals by a guy from Kansas who moved to Chicago named Lawrence Peters.
2: Like a, a guy from like the band Kansas because he doesn't sound. Does not sound like the. No, Kansas. he sounds. He no, sounds, sounds like
4: uh, uh, Sturgill Simpson a little bit. He does. He's like a traditional country country mm-hmm. singer.
3: Black Hen, is that you again? Singing the bad luck lullaby
0: by. Come right on in, cause it's midnight again. Time for the bad luck lulling by.
3: Revelation
2: And the guy's a pretty decent singer. It's just, it comes so far out of left field compared to the first few songs. Oh, I thought like uh, my Spotify had like skipped to a different record or something. Like I'd hit something. I was in another room and and, like I had to go back and be like, did it just, did it go to another record? Oh, and then the
1: song after it's got like a female singer. Yeah. Yeah, And so I I was really confused. Um, However, do dig the song. I mean, it's a good song. Um, It's kind
3: of like, you know, if you think about uh, Albini and recording this live, it's almost like it was all just done in one take. And this is like this was his his bathroom break, Melina's bathroom break. <laughs> he, he goes yeah. off, he leaves the stage, and 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 a couple Comes people come back on and he to like you know, sit in. It
0: doesn't it doesn't sound like a pavement record at all, but it but it does. Like I could I had similar thoughts about like this all sounds like let's sit down, and knock it out in one take. It's not doesn't feel like it's over produced
2: even with a big. I like the though. sound. I like the sound of this record.
4: But. Yeah, I, I love the sound of this of this record com- compared to his other records. Like I said, I um, it, it's his early records are an acquired taste. Now I've acquired that taste, but I acquired it. This was sort of like the gateway. This was the gateway for me. And I think of this record a little bit as like Jason Molina's Last Waltz, where he kind of got some friends together and he's like, Hey, this song. There's a country song I wrote, and I got a I got a buddy who's in town, and I'm gonna have him sing this song. And he was friends with Scout Niblet through. Uh, through the through the scene is through the Midwest scene as well, and you know I'm going to have her sing one of my songs, and I, I also think this is a song of Jason Molina kind of just showing off, like, hey, I can write a hell of a country song. I mean, it's yeah. it's just did a darn write that? good Didn't country he write song. That song? He, no, he wrote oh, that song. Yeah, every song is is his. He just brought in this guy Lawrence Peters to do vocals. Did he
2: only did he only do vocal? I mean, did he play other instruments in the band, or did he just come in to play? Or to sing on no,
4: he just song. did. He he just sang this song, and I'll i candidly, not my favorite song on the album, um, but I want, but there's a there's something about this record that reminds me a little bit of the last waltz, where Jason Molina like surrounded himself with people and had a bunch of songs uh, that he that he he didn't necessarily think he was the best person to do vocals on. I like that of idea, that,
2: that that takes a lot of balls to
1: to do that. Well, apparently this was his first time, like. Uh, Branching out that way, like I guess, like he'd kind of been a little bit of a control freak, and then he was like, "Screw it, let's bring some folks in."
4: Yeah, yeah, and and then the Molina Johnson record is probably the the other example where they uh, they wrote they truly wrote the songs together, you know, and 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 he and he did you know he did the same thing with Glenn Hansard um, apparently as well. So I well, think as as he got older he was or as he got older he was started being more comfortable collaborating.
0: Also, what is it about being friends with Glenn Hansard that ste- keeps killing musicians? Like, oh yeah, that that's true. At least, at least two. But like that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. Yes. Uh, if we were confused, uh, so this is this is
1: apropos of nothing. But I just I find it amusing. Shane Bartell is wearing a Shane Bartell T-shirt. I am. It's very meta. Thanks
4: for. I didn't know your last that name, but I thought, yeah. Now that I know that, I have a million. He's questions. wearing his own swag. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. well, I, I had had enjoyed a, that.
2: To be fair, I had a. Zipped up hoodie with a t-shirt underneath it, but he I didn't set up a it. table
0: a merch table this week Which we really know to try to sell <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, you
2: we do we do need
1: a merch table in here
2: With just my stuff on it. Yeah, it yeah just week, Jane like, swag. you guys will buy something. Yeah I
0: Well, I was hoping that we just uh, Try and move the zingers like the the bumpers at the front of the show oh, You can come okay. in and buy like three seconds worth of witty buy some uh, witty
1: banter <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's who's got middle
2: it? this week? Yeah. I do. I knew that um, that this week was going to be somewhat of a, a downer record. I mean, great. Pretty listen, but I knew the conversation. Good record, but man, yeah, that is a downer. Well, it's, like, it's re- not. It's not just a downer record. It's the fact that like he just recently died, from, like in this incredibly tragic. Well, and way. it says
1: personal life. Like he was estranged from his wife. They had no children. Yeah. Like at the time of his death.
2: Yeah. I like, mean, there's it's a heavy, damn, it's a heavy dude. shit. So I, I thought I was trying to think of something to to, to bring a little levity, if possible. What do you got, like Barbie Girl coming up or something? No, not like that. <laughs> no, I'm going a little bit further than that. But um, I don't know. So I, I went through a few things, and this is a video that I've really been wanting to bring to the show, um, and that's um, I want to sex you up by color me bad. And yeah, um, yeah. That's so change so of pace. That is change of pace. That's yeah. some levity so, right there. So Mark, can you can you cue that up for us, and we'll listen to um, I want to sex you up by uh, color me bad. So much to
5: love
1: there. Yes,
2: in many, many <laughs> ways. Um, you're welcome. But I, you know, it's funny because it's I remember. Tell us why it's funny. Well, no, no. <laughs> there are uh, lots of reasons uh, why it's aside funny. From, aside from from the video itself, one of the color me bad singers. By the way, it's bad duh, duh, Uh Color me bad. Duh, bad with two D's. With two D's. One of the one of the 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 singers. Um, he looks remarkably like Kenny G. A lot. And yeah. I almost, I almost. Decided this week that I wanted to play Songbird by Kenny G, but I, I did the last minute. Decided Dude, I that shit's not funny I man. Not I know you <laughs> think it's going to be funny. I'm not gonna do but like it's just a dick move But I would that's why <laughs> I don't do that. I didn't want you to have to suffer through it Yeah, her yeah. me that uh, well. Thanks. So, so thanks for t- this respite. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome So there uh, this is much more amusing. Uh, two. the only two things I know about this group as it were um, They're from Oklahoma City which you don't. I did not know that. I thought oh, they I were w- like a Philadelphia thing. I would have guessed Long Island or yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, you don't uh, often see like like uh, it's like R and B groups like that come out of Oklahoma City. Not um, um, and no, ton And now, so the main guy, the main singer, the guy with like the pencil thin mustache and like the, the the sunglasses, the round ones that flip up. Yeah, the
1: kind of Vanilla Ice looking dude.
2: Right. Um, he uh, he is actually left the music industry, or uh, as of a couple of years ago, I saw this like, what are they doing now kind of, like, show or something, like, hungover mm. on a Saturday. And uh, he he put on about 150 pounds. Jesus. Completely unrecognizable. And he owns and operates a tire shop in Oklahoma City. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yes, it's awesome. But, but you could it, not go further away. Like, he looks like the kind of guy that would have a big, like, Hunk of red man chewing tobacco, and you know while he's changing out your tires, and then like somebody goes. By the know, way, I used, you know, to, be way, I used to be bad. Bad. the lead
4: singer of Color Me Bad. So all of the R and B sort of rushed out from his body. <laughs> yeah. There is no R and B left in him. Well, now. Oklahoma
2: sucked it out of yeah. him. he went back to Oklahoma and he has and he operates a tire shop now. I kind of think pretty
4: that if awesome.
0: you're, you're going to let yourself go, though, like. Really, let yourself go, like all well, he, the way. yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, all the I, way out. I, like, I'm telling you're you, man, full though, bore.
2: You know, like if you, when you go to the, you know, like the the whole like uh, the faux like working man garb that Larry, the cable guy, wears. You know, with the sh- with the shirt sleeves torn off and the the c- the work shirt. Well, that guy like had that on, except for real. And I, he like puts like he like fixes your flat tires and shit. What that's, I would love to great. see
0: would be like the you know kind of the behind the music interview of like bands like this and all of these these type Milli Vanilli acts or whatever that um, didn't see grunge coming. And then, like you know, like a hiccup later, it's like, yeah, no, those it guys buying flannel. Yeah, ninety
4: one. You guys said right, nineteen ninety one. It was a hiccup right later. Over. Yeah, I will, um, I will say this. I want to say
2: one other thing. I don't. I, I have two it.
1: takeaways, but you go
2: first. I want to comment. I just want to comment quickly on what you said about Millie Vanilli. I mean, say what you want, and I'll say what I want, and we can laugh all goddamn day about it because it's really fucking funny. But. Those guys actually were singing, so at least there's that. And they, oh, sure. They, they they had nice voices and they could fucking dance, actual
1: so. singers and choreography and whatnot. Well, yeah,
2: I mean it's not our bag, and it's pretty goddamn hilarious. But like, all right, so I, want,
3: feel, I feel like Annie Sandberg has that's made a exactly career. gonna be Good one call. of my two points. Good call. Yeah.
1: Well, the first one is that um, it's like a companion piece to Candyman Knocking Boots. Uh, yep. And the second. Without this shit, uh, no dick in a box. No dick in a box. Yeah. I just yeah.
2: remembered as soon as you said that, Like when he's he, uh, I think uh, um, Justin Timberlake does have those sunglasses where he flips them, or one of them flips them down, like the same sunglasses Homeboy was wearing in that
3: video right now. Yeah, they, like
1: they owe uh, a huge debt of gratitude to this band and apparently to a
2: tire well, shop in yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, they
3: should at least go get their tires changed or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: if you are in Oklahoma City, Andy Sandberg uh, <laughs> go, go, get just, your go get your tires tire serviced. Changed. <laughs> well, now, so now I saw this just a minute ago on Wikipedia that apparently they are reactive as of 2011. With three of the original members? Or three new... Three members. Minus
0: the really fat guy?
2: Well, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, do, you,
0: do you mean that they're active again or that they're just re- that, that, acting as it, Color Me no, Bad and says, then reacting it to like things? On, that's what I that would be fascinating. I don't
2: know who the members are now if they were the same members as, uh, as they were at the time. But you know how it says, like, years we're, active, like, 1990 through 1996, and then it skips and it says 2011 through, you know, now.
1: Weren't there, like, two different versions of Frankie Goes to Hollywood that were extant at the same time and there was like controversy as to which one was the
0: real one was one of them no, in no, no, Hollywood no, no, no. that would no. that there I was
2: there, I definitely know that there were two different versions of um, the, the band when in Rome we talked about that before there's like when in Rome featuring so and so I think
1: Frankie goes to Hollywood had the same thing going on but I could be wrong it's happened I, once I before
2: I, you know what I know about Frankie goes to Hollywood that relax don't do it song that's, yep that's that is, the that thing that to know about the them extent of my Frankie goes to Hollywood knowledge period
0: all right, well. can we put a fork in this part? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's,
2: let's, <laughs> I think we're done here.
1: Uh, let's get on back into some songs, Ohio.
0: So, uh, a welcome respite from uh, Shane's Intermission Choice. Uh, let's go back and talk a little bit about um, Songs of Haya And I guess the, you know, the last track that we That we spun um, Was A Departure But beyond that and then of course The, the, you know, the opening track that we listened to in, in the podcast is one that kind of gets gets uh, Bandied about and probably pretty fairly As a table setter for the entire record um, Maddie you you're on record As saying that there's not a track On this album that you don't really appreciate For one reason or another um, was there anything as you've gotten to know it that surprised you in one way or the other?
4: Well, I, I I think you guys probably hit upon it. I think the Scout Niblet song is 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 the the one song that when I listen to it I say that bears no resemblance to uh, to the rest of the album just because her voice is so abrasive. Is
1: <laughs> I call it abrasive. She kind of has like a. Like a Billie Holiday thing, but it's not, it's not as good. That is the
2: craziest thing I've ever I think ever that's heard. generous. Like I think mom, that's generous. Really no, holiday. no, I'm not saying it's and, as and good. Billie Holiday saying like, I mean, like as though somebody were like taking the air out of a balloon and like and completely tuneless <laughs> at the same time. Right.
1: Point. I'm just saying there's a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying it's anywhere near as good.
2: No, it's not anywhere near as good.
4: A little bit of Angel Olsen though in that. Yeah, I can see that. A little bit that. of that. It's an acquired. Angel Olsen's still better. It's an, no, it's an acquired taste. So I think that's probably the one. That's probably the one song. But but for me, for me, the the album. There's something just big and sprawling about the album, and it's got. There's some. There's some messy. There's some messiness in it. But I, also, we talked a little bit about the recording. There's some messiness in 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 the sound as well. It's all there. He's letting it all hang out. Uh, so I, I, for me, that's also part of its charm.
1: Recording being a little bit messy doesn't bother me at all. No, my, me neither. However, um, these songs don't like uh, they take their time getting there. They're patient. The are long. These are patient really songs. Long really songs. Long, long songs. So I'm like, oh, it's only eight songs long. I'll, I'll, be, I'll get through this real quick. Nope. Uh, Fifty five minutes later, right? Yeah.
4: So this is this is for me like like this is a Neil Young album. This is, this that's, is that's the this, first this, thing I went to. There's yeah. like an immediacy to it. There's a, I'm going to try some stuff, and some of it's going to be awkward. But my heart, you know, my heart's on my sleeve, and uh, you know, it's much less political. You know, Plus, he's not a political for, guy. He's
2: a better lyricist than Neo Young, I think, quite frankly. Well, um, and
4: and I love Neil Young, but there's I will say this, and people will laugh laugh at me and and have before. I don't think there's a Neil Young album that I like as much as this album. There now, there's uh, period. Actually, I don't. I think there's a bunch of Neil I Young get songs that I on like. That. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of that way with Neil Young. Like, I don't think I've ever listened to a whole Neil Young album that I was like, you "Yeah, know I've nailed it." Neil Young, but there are certain Neil Young songs that I, I think are
4: and great. Half, half an album, maybe. Half an. album. Right. You
2: know, Lars had this whole. I think we may have talked about this on the on the show before, but there are some bands. Your friend Lars, uh, my friend producer. Lars. Yeah, he uh, he said like I was talking about the band James one time. He said, "You know what? That band is the band in the most need of a greatest hits album." And right. Same thing with Squeeze. Squeeze has a greatest hits album and that's by far the best fucking album they ever put out. Like
1: Yeah, there there is no like 100% great James album. There are great James songs. Right,
2: there's amazing James songs, but but it's sort of the same thing I think with Neil Young like like there are a lot of good Neil Young songs, but man there's a lot of unlistenable shit. Well, like, I, have,
4: oh, I got almost every Neil Young record before 1980 on a shelf, and the record I play most is Neil Young Decade. I play the greatest hits more than I play. It's, uh, right, it's the best. Well, right.
2: you're supposed to be embarrassed about that. I, like, I should be, but
4: I don't play Harvest. I don't play After the Gold Rush. You know, I. I but but, but mm-hmm. both
2: of those records have great. Both both of those um, the title tracks on both of those uh, records are, are amazing. But there's like. You know, it's they they can be tough listens, especially if you're, you know, like Neil Young. If you're not like a just a diehard Neil Young fan for whatever, like you ran into him when you were in high school or something like that, the hits or the greatest hits, you know, are good. But you know, that's why the that's where there's greatest hits albums, or there should be.
1: Well, and you know, like I I think we should address this at some point. Um It shouldn't be embarrassing to love greatest hits compilations. It shouldn't be embarrassing to love the hits from certain artists because, like, that's why they're hits.
2: Well, there's two fucking reasons why people do that stuff, man. They're they're, they're like they're not
1: real if You don't like you don't like the deep
4: tracks. Yeah, there's like that. sometimes
1: the deep tracks suck.
4: <laughs> right. You're a right. your reason they're, deep. they're buried for a reason. Yeah, uh,
1: you know it's it's well, okay to, to like stuff that's like really catchy.
2: Well, but I think a lot of times people see the greatest hits records, and you know, rightfully so, as deliberate. Cash outs by the labels, you know, an attempt to either get money from an artist that's leaving the label for another label. That does and happen. And so I think a lot of times people see that as just really crass and cynical. But also, yeah, hey, you don't know the deep cuts. Yeah, like you don't, you're not a real
0: fan. Well, and let's be honest, like part of what you're talking about is the aesthetic of the album as a, as a, you know, delivery device, which is like, it's frankly like the models just in many ways, like in many ways has changed um uh, we're seeing some some of that traditionalist approach that is starting to seep back in but but generally speaking it's like as a unit of like 10 songs, 12 songs or whatever um you know they're just not consumed the same way
4: i'm a big fan by the way of eight song albums uh, other you know other albums that would have been too um well known to have proposed i, w- I was thinking about probably the album i've listened the two albums i've listened to most in my whole life are Television, Marquee Moon, and Van Morrison Astral Weeks. Well, we've two already eight. covered
1: uh, Television. Right.
2: Uh, we so have two
4: eight-song sprawling albums. Yeah, those There's are a third.
2: Those are both sprawling. Have sprawling songs in them. Right. Diddle,
5: diddle, 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 diddle,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, that's, that's
4: uh, I, it gets, it's, it's, we, look, we had a whole it's discussion about stop entertainment in this room. Okay? <laughs> and and so I think back to my teens and early twenties. And the albums I liked most then were really like angsty albums, and then I think to my early twenties and thirties, and the albums there, by and large were ones where I was looking for like inspiration. But this is like a middle age album for me like this is an album of my forties this is like um this is like the hourglass is maybe turned over. what the hell do, you know what the hell does it all mean that's so you got to be in that place to to be okay with this record, yeah, I could see that.
1: Well, do you have a uh, third song? Yes, queued um, okay. up.
4: It wouldn't be appropriate uh, if we didn't uh, end on the big, maybe one of the bigger downers of the album. Why don't we put on uh, John Henry? Split my heart.
5: Stood on the sixty-six high I stood on the sixty-six high.
4: for me that's I'm picturing him standing up on the mountain basically saying like god take me he's, he's saying you know i got this giant heart it hurts too much just take a hammer and break it for me well that's me. what
1: what's the legend of john henry is that he was like trying to like uh Beat like, the like locomotive like, like First, through a yeah beating, th- the, the, beating machine. Th- the machine he was beating the machine yeah, yeah. yeah through a mountain or something yeah. Yeah. yeah yes
4: and his heart yeah. burst heart exploded his heart yeah. burst yeah, yeah.
1: Uh yeah, heavy stuff,
4: man. He- yeah, heavy stuff. It I almost it almost feels silly talking about that because Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanna sex really you up.
1: Yeah. Set different.
4: Yeah. But that that's uh that's the that song is the climax of the album for me. I mean and and then and then you know it it, it kind of goes into a denouement with um with the country with the country with uh, the Lawrence Peters song, the Scout Niblet song, and the last song is like this really wistful um Hold On Magnolia. Uh, w- I dig that song. That's a pretty yeah. song, that last song. Yeah. yeah Listeners,
1: actually- you should go check that out too. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to play it, but uh, yeah, check it out.
2: Fuck it. Check out the whole record if you want. I think it's a, I think it's a solid record. It is record. a solid record. I was just kidding. You were just yeah. trying to tell them to go check out one song off of the entire album. That check we're talking out the about. whole record. Well, um,
4: and when was Secretly Canadian. Uh, Reissued it on vinyl. They did. It's pretty amazing because there's an alternate version of the album, which is just him doing the whole album acoustically. So he does vocals on all the songs, including the you know, including the ones that he, uh, Lawrence Peters and Scout Niblet did. And it's just a stripped down version of the album. But the songs really hold up, even just him and a guitar.
2: Wasn't that the name of the um, like in you know the old like Green Giant ads? Like oh, sc- it was Scal- Niblet. No, Niblet. I, I like like the little the little buddy little sidekick, right? Like I'm pretty you, sure you maybe you're right. I uh, think it was. Uh, yeah. Anyway.
1: I was wondering um Secretly Canadian does not have like a companion label that's actually the same company but they release different stuff.
4: Jag Jaguar. Jag yeah. Jaguar, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, both started in Bloomington. Jag Jaguar moved to uh, Brooklyn. And Secretly Canadian is a real juggernaut in Bloomington. They uh, they have a they have a store, a retail store, they have a huge distribution center. It's a, it's a thriving business that employs a lot of people. It's I like have a some real good bands on that yeah tons and then the bon the, the first Bon Iver, and maybe even the other maybe the recent ones are, but the first Bon Iver record the breakthrough records on that label
0: well, it's encouraging to know that stuff is still coming out on indies that's you know that really like that's breaking new ground
2: yeah it's
1: encouraging to always you look at it like it's probably like matador sub pop merge uh, secretly Canadian. Jag Jaguar, like that. I mean, like those are kind of the like the the big ones that are still kind of for indie, chucking them out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, sure and, like and Metal Matador Blade is Records and stuff like that. I'm sure there's are crushing. You know.
4: Yeah, and Matter is part of the Beggars Group, and XL and 4 right. are still doing a lot. Yeah, but there's I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure that there's uh, um, I'm sure there's like pop punk, emo, metal, and everybody's K-pop got their little niche that are, labels that are, that are yeah. crushing in their own way as well.
0: Well, now we know, guys. Yeah. Are you, um, Maddie? Thanks for thanks for picking the record this week.
4: I, I I'm, I'm, remember acquired taste. I, I'm getting a warm reception to the album. I think if you listen to it like two or three thousand times alone, when you're a little bit depressed, you're gonna love it. <laughs> this, is a, this is a
1: recurring theme on the show that like some records are like we know that it rewards repeated listenings
2: yeah uh, I mean there's stuff that we and I've
1: taken a couple passes through it, and I definitely like it more the second time uh yeah
2: I mean I like the record like i it i do it's gonna you know I liked it very much, you
3: know it's just one of those
2: it's just all about the opinions at the end of the day yeah are we
0: uh are we ready for a current affair
3: can we yeah yeah, I think that's what yeah what, what, Kevin, you what do, you do you got for here? us
0: Okay um, Yeah, so this week we're going to listen to a track By a band from Sydney called uh, Middle Kids It's called uh, Edge of Town.
5: I cannot remember Anything you say When the streets are talking Yeah, they call my name And I walk a little further I could go all day And the trees are reaching Pointing out the way
0: Lead singer of the Middle Kids, band from Sydney, Australia, and uh, she's got something on her mind. So yeah, I yes. heard
1: about that a couple of times. So, um I draw no parallels. Like like normally, you know, when I hear something new, I immediately go to like the there's things that it reminds me of. I don't have any.
2: There's yeah. some nineties stuff, mm-hmm. like like, 90s. like belly, maybe no. a little there's a little bit of belly stuff, but I mean a lot of British like I mean, but it, it, you got to put it in, like, early 2000s. Like, you don't just put, put, you know, connected dots and stuff like that. That song fucking kills. It's a great song. Like a great I, just, song. I yeah. just normally have, uh, like, uh, comparisons, and I don't have any. Well, really. you know, so that says two things. Number one, you shouldn't always try to fucking have comparisons to shit. I don't mean to. They
0: just show up. Well, I don't know. It's occupational hazard, I think, from doing the show a little bit. But yeah. I do think, like, to your to your point, Ryan, like, you know, bands like this are kind of, like, sounds like this are kind of interesting in that, like, it doesn't sound like they're doing something that you've never heard before, but it just doesn't sound derivative. Well, so.
4: it's a great, it's just a great song. It's a great pop song. And each, each a little bit like her fellow Australian, Courtney Barnett, like half the song, she sounds really bored. And then the other half she sounds See, really I love me some Courtney Barnett and this doesn't sound anything like that you. I don't think that she her voice sounds like Courtney Bar- Barnett. I think that her board there's a part the path that she's like I'm just, I'm just sort of disaffected and bored. I'm very very mm. sort of I'm going to um, mumble and um, almost mumble my way through this and then and then she she gets a feeling and then yeah, you know it gets then, there's, then there's a rave later up on, right yeah. and then it happens.
3: The video made me think of uh, that one by uh, car seat headrests that we oh yeah, yeah yeah kind of the the old house the bands yeah. Hanging on the old yeah, house. yeah I think the, I mean
0: it feels like kind of a familiar the 70s motif. wallpaper
3: and yeah, yeah
0: it yeah.
2: kind of had the same like kind of washed out thing yeah
0: just sitting here on a couch playing my hit song but you know to that to that end too it's like as of the last piece that I read on this this act I don't think they put out a full album yet they've just put out some hit they just singles. put out a few songs so yeah. um, maybe that means they'll be here for South by which would be fun. So, if you probably played like 11
1: shows in three days, yes, right, exactly. It, yeah, it's super saturated, better for
0: us. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was middle kids. Good choice. Hey, thanks. That was good stuff.
1: Well, Maddie, thanks for sitting in with us. Uh, it's truly been fun.
0: Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, and Thank thanks you. for letting us sit in. period yeah, uh, let us here for a while. For, so thanks for letting us be squatters
2: in your uh, yeah,
1: because office last domain. Year, last
2: year, uh, this time we had a tiny little little hea- baby here little, little heady. heater, little heater, little heater, little heater, yeah. in uh, Mark's garage, like trying to keep ourselves warm. So. We would do
0: like literally like the first tenth of every broadcast would be talking about it's too hot or <laughs> it's too cold or Mark has this weird Godspell poster up <laughs> that we can't understand. Which so what why why did the
2: Godspell yeah. poster go away like, like this? Mark had this like huge Godspell banner. It was a theater
0: drop, I guess,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. and then it just left
3: for some reason. Got replaced by like a giant checkered flag. I for believe. time, or we we had the the cheap trick backdrop for a time, and then uh, and then we went to solid black. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I anyway, he just like
2: he just like to change shit up every so often.
0: All right. yeah. Well, let's yeah. get yeah. out But uh, R- yeah,
2: thanks. Ryan, are you, are you going to go back to Next week are we doing uh,
1: Dolly? We are going to do Dolly. Dolly. Uh Barnard. yeah, Jolene. Uh which yeah. I already have listened to, uh but yeah. we we should go back and listen
0: we'll to it again.
2: Let's go ahead. Yeah, and then we can talk about it. We shall. All right.
0: All right. Well, until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Shane. I'm going to be Ryan
1: until next week and forevermore But yes, Ryan.
3: Forever
4: I'm going to be Mark, I guess. And Maddie. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks
0: for joining us. Make this is Somebody us. Likes It. Really, I'm not going to tell you again. It's message somebody at gmail.com if you get an email. You can also find us on Facebook at Somebody Likes It. Uh, they're on the Facebooks. Uh, come see us or the kitten gets it.